The world of story has captivated humanity since the dawn of time. The oldest known form of communication, verbal storytelling is responsible for the continuity and development of civilization from its most primitive moments to its most advanced. Story involves a sense of mystical wonder, but is also a powerful medium for communicating real and concrete ideas that shape people's lives and make them take action. Steve Schramm, marketer, nonfiction writer, and story nerd, and Alex Jagir, fiction writer, wannabe game designer, and story nerd, join forces as worlds collide to discuss how story is the most powerful concept ever known and how it interacts with each and every aspect of our lives, from the most magical to the most mundane. Welcome into another episode of the Story World Podcast. Steve Schramm here with my boy Al. Alex, what's up, man? I'm excited after a long drought of uh, no Steve Schramm and no Story World podcast. Bro, I know. It's been, what a crazy start to this year. Can you believe it's March 9th? Uh, It's going by quickly. It's funny because like last year when we started our, um, call it season one for Story World, um, I don't think we had anything going on like for the first half of last year because we were just knocking episodes left and right. We were having a lot of movie nights and this year it's just you know sicknesses and then traveling and i mean it's just it's just one thing after the next one thing after another so hopefully yeah. we can get that straightened out but um but no it's been good 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 year so far yeah no i've i've enjoyed it so um yeah i think what we're gonna do is give a little bit of updates this one's gonna be a little bit more lighthearted, but uh just uh you know talk about sort of what's going on um not necessarily just uh professionally or whatever but more like laid back like what's up and i've got some cool um you know shows and stuff like that that i'm getting into that i want to talk about and i know alex has a few things so hey man why don't you kick it off we'll just uh we'll just you know toss it around for a little bit and see what happens if it's so laid back i should have got my shades and just put on my sunglasses kicked back and i I mean i yeah i don't have mine in here i have my uh, my work glasses so (laughs) they got a little bit of color to them a little bit right we should uh just kind of following this train of thought, we should just do a podcast on the beach sometime. I think that look, I think that would just be very natural looking. Yeah. Steve Schramm, yeah. the gear, just kicking it back on a beach and just, go. I mean, bro, yeah. it's 2023. Like next, give me next week and I'll have a beach background behind us. I mean, we can be <laughs> at the beach even when we're not at the beach. I'll get a heat lamp and uh, it'll be great. It'll mm. be awesome. I might even get yeah. a spray tan beforehand, but anywho, hundred percent. that's uh yeah neither here nor there the only thing that will be more difficult than that is for somebody to actually still be listening to this podcast at this point in time if you're still listening uh as after we've the way we've opened this one up then you are a saint i've had family members that have dropped off like uh like flies (laughs) hitting one of those electric machines i mean they're just dropping not not just from the podcast. I haven't heard from them in a while. I think that uh, it's turned them away from my life. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anywho, yeah. So, so uh, uh, I guess just a yeah, kind of a quick update on my end with stuff. Just uh, off the back, the main thing is uh, my writing. So writing is going good. Um, I have finally finished outlining, um, fully outlining the whole first book and how i want it to end how i want the characters to end and i kind of had an idea anyway like i wasn't just going in blindly because i can't write like that um but i didn't really tie together all the knots and so they're all tied and now that i know where the story's going um 
my writing now when I sit down, I'm just like pounding out the words. So that's that's been really good. And it, and it feels really good to be able to get that kind of work done. There's still a couple loose ends I do need to work through during my second draft. And that mostly comes down to like the magic system and just kind of making sure that I don't um, that I don't cross any lines or make any mistakes that will like that will affect my future books. I kind of want to make sure my magic system is really set in stone good so that I can write this book and have it flow through and, um, you know, not, uh, what's the word rub up against, you know, my other books and what I do with them. Speaking of other books. So now that I've, um, I want to be able to, when I finish the first draft of my first book, take a couple months off, um, you know, just kind of let it sit to the side before I come back to it to, uh, rewrite it and do the second draft. Um, so, what I'm doing right now to prep for that is um, writing the outline for my second book that I'll be doing uh, once this first draft is done for my first book. Um, so I'm really excited about this one. Um, I, I've i had an idea for a couple of years I've been wanting to work with. Um, and um, it's very much, um, I like all my books to be uh, like very character focused and character driven. This one, in order for it to work, has to be very um character driven and i'm um, focused on like those emotions and and the payoff has to be based on that um so i'm really really excited for it and it can be good as long as i can deliver on it so we'll see how good my skills are there but um so yeah. just a couple updates with that um moving really quickly moving really well and so getting a lot of things done on that front yeah i'm really excited to start to see a little bit more action come from that angle like come to see your writing start to get out there and um i can't wait to read a bunch of it like um we've talked about it a lot so oh, that's another to thing too see the fruits of that labor i've been um working with an idea too on because i want to release some short stories and so i don't know when that'll mm -hmm. be i hope it's sooner rather than later so i'm coming up with some ideas for that and um so short stories i guess that might be oh gee i don't know how many how many words I'd want that to be, I guess somewhere around the vicinity of like 30 to 40,000 words, something like that, give or take, maybe a little bit less, a little bit more, but um, thinking of some ideas there too. So I'm hoping to have something for that at some point. Cool. Sweet. Um, I recently found out about a platform and we could talk about this offline a little bit because uh, I meant to mention it to you, but Hey, here we are. So let's talk about it here. We're here. Um, Absolutely. And this will help any writers who are listening, at least potentially. Have you ever looked into the platform called, I believe it's called Wattpad? Have you mm. heard of that? No. So it's like YouTube for writing, mostly focused towards fiction. So like the big problem because like we had talked about even you wanted to like start a blog and like yeah. you know we were looking at like even designing a website and do all that well the that is still not a bad idea but the the problem with that though is that there's no built-in engine for discovery right there's no there's no way unless somebody directly knows about your blog or finds it somehow through a google search which is probably going to be a little bit less likely mm -hmm. in the fiction world. There's no real way for new people <clears throat> to discover your writing. Well, Wattpad is sort of like a like medium is sort of like the, the nonfiction 
version of this of something similar where there's you know opportunities for you to to get discovered and even get paid for people to access your writing some of it's free some of it's paid you know substack even has a similar model but this is like really a home for fiction writers to do that sort of thing and so i don't know it might be something worth looking you'll into. have to send me the details on that yeah i haven't heard yeah of yeah i will we could talk more about it offline but just anybody anybody looking for a way to start like sharing your writing like um you What's know it called? What i think it, wattpad i think wattpad. w w a t t p a d if i'm correct wattpad yeah wattpad.com the world's most loved social storytelling platform wattpad connects a global community of 90 million readers and writers through the power of story so it's really cool um okay. yeah it, it looks to be a neat place so yeah that's cool awesome um Looking yeah forward to it so I guess uh, speaking of books, we'll use that to sort of segue um, into a new project of mine. So I've started doing a little bit of research on this idea of um, productivity in the Christian world. Mm. And what I have found in my sort of personal study of this is that, you know, there's lots of Christian books about business, lots of Christian books about leadership, lots of Christian books about finance, lots of Christian books about self like development and self leadership and coaching and all of that. A lot of that stuff exists. Now, much of that stuff that exists is like, you know, to, to use an example that uh, one of my acquaintances likes to have, she has a stamp that she puts in her books that says heretical garbage for research only, right? And she stamps it <laughs> so that nobody gets the idea yeah. if they see a book that it's the actual, that, you know, anyway, she's clear about that. So a lot of those type of books have heretical garbage in them uh, that I try to avoid. Um, but there is a Darth, if you will, of productivity books written from a biblical perspective. And it was kind of a shocking thing to me because as I look at the Bible, there's a lot, like quite a bit that the Bible has to say about productivity. I mean, enough that I'm sure I will not have plumbed its steps and I've already outlined a 16 chapter, four part book about what the Bible says about productivity and how to practically apply that to your life. So I am working on writing that I have actually got the introduction written. And, um, for me, here's, what's really cool. And I'm going to share my screen for anybody that's got the benefit of, uh, of, uh, of watching it on our YouTube channel. And, uh, if not, I'll just talk it through, but what really, so I'm a very visual person when it comes to stuff like this. So I have to see things in somewhat of a final form and then i get really excited about them mm -hmm. so when i'm just typing in i use an app called ulysses um which is a writing app if you've ever heard of like scrivener um anyway there's lots of different ones but this is a writing app primarily for online publishing and so it's where i do all of my writing and uh, you can preview it in lots of different modes well one of the modes that you can preview it in basically looks just like it would look like if your book was um, like on a Kindle, like an ebook cool. on a Kindle. So there I'm adding it right there. Oh, that's cool. And, and so, yeah. So you're looking at it like this, right? And 
when I read that, it's like, so I primarily read on Kindle. So this looks like what I'm used to seeing when I'm reading like a legit book. And, and so, yeah, it's awesome because it's, it's like, as soon as I see something in this format, I get really excited. I'm like, okay, this is real. You know, like, this is cool. We can do, we can, you know, we're really doing something here. Um, so anyway, so I've started working on devotional productivity is the working title of the book. That's probably going to be the ultimate um, title. And I'm not sure what the subtitle is going to be yet. Yeah. But it's all about this idea of, um, uh, productivity from a biblical worldview and how to apply it to your life. And kind of the point that I make, uh, even in the introduction is look, it's not like, it's not like I, you know, was looking for a way to be more productive, went to the Bible, found the way, applied it in my life. And now here I am three or four years later sharing this. Like, I wish it was that, but it's more like I've spent a long time doing it the wrong way. Um, and maybe even doing some good things. And but I, I'm really interested in in seeing what the Bible has to say as a Bible teacher about mm -hmm. this topic. And so what, what it's more like for me is I just happened to notice that the Bible has a lot to say about productivity. And when I looked at it, it had a lot more to say than I even thought. And, um, and so I'm excited to kind of work through the study for myself sort of as I'm writing the book. So it's less about writing it from my experience and more like writing it if I was teaching a, a you know, a sermon series on at a church or something like that. And, um, and then I'm going to be practically applying it along the way as I help others with the practical application as well. So that's cool. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Look, I've got, a, I've got so much going on. Otherwise this was like. You know, as, as I've it sat around like the outline I've had done for weeks, and the other night I just got the hankering right, and I sat right. down and I banged out most of those thirty five hundred words in one sitting, just when I was feeling like feeling right. it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I um I'm not yet uh, I've not yet figured out how to work the writing of this book into my like normal pattern of life yet, and I don't. It might be some time before I can do that, but at least for now, I'm just gonna kind of do it when I you know, when the inspiration strikes and, uh, and see what happens. But yeah, I'm hoping, I mean, I'd like to be done with it before the end of this year. That would be, um, that would be really cool. So we'll see what happens, but I'm That's pretty cool. pumped about that. I, um, fun fact, I own a couple of, uh, Steve's books in physical form and, uh, he refuses to sign them because, um, I'm not paying him enough to, to sign them. He's, uh, not a <laughs> he's not a cheap, uh, autographer. So it's, uh, it's a little bit, a little bit difficult. Yeah. Well, the only the the only person who is more um, stuck up and self centered than me is Nick Cage. So, what can I say? <laughs> Speaking of Nick Cage, was it you that I <laughs> that I said that thing about him being Nick Cage in the Marvel universe? Yeah, that was so good. Everyone didn't see it. I guess has there been a thing about people wanting him to be in the MCU? I guess maybe that's. A I don't thing. know. I haven't seen that. But in his board acceptance speech, he said, uh, "I don't need to be in the MCU because I'm Nick Cage." <laughs> Which is just like the I, best Nick Cage thing to say. Yeah. When you sent me that, I thought, I I, I, I can't disagree. Yeah, I think disagree. that's right. He's his own I MCU. Think that's right. He's his own MCU. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. Well, I'm excited about that, Steve. If you need a yeah, pastor, I'll, I'll read through it and, uh, and pick out any errors I see. Absolutely. I would love that because um, errors are not it'll, good. It'll I, be interesting because as someone who... I enjoy reading nonfiction. No, I don't read yeah. it as much as fiction just because it doesn't just apply to me as much as reading fiction is, does. Um, but I enjoy reading nonfiction, but I cannot, 
I just, it does not interest me at all to write nonfiction. I know you have a little bit of interest to write fiction, but so whenever you read and critique my stuff, it'll be interesting to see what you critique and like what stands yeah. out to you as a mostly nonfiction reader and then vice versa. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about that too. And I, I'm definitely, I think going to take this one a little more seriously. So I've written the first book I wrote, I had multiple, what you'd call beta readers. I had endorsements on it. I had um, um, a couple people. I had two different people proofreading uh, simultaneously yep. to make some. And then, so I've written three books since that one, and I didn't really have any of that done. Um, I've basically uh, just wrote them and put them out there. And um, what I'm trying to do, and sorry, I know I'm taking up a lot of time here, but but I, I, I just kind of want to go down this rabbit hole for a minute, is... Um, it's important. I, I fully believe when you write something, you should promote it. Um, yeah. I'm not historically very good at promoting my books, though. And I think it's because I don't I mean, I, I don't know exactly why it is. Uh, but for me, I'm treating this like I'm building a bottle of work, uh, a bottle, a, a body of work, um, getting a little better every time. Like even like I could tell even from the last book that I wrote, which I wrote from between 2019 to 2022. Um, I, I, I put it out there last year. Um, like I could tell that right now my writing is better. Mm -hmm. It's the best that's been so far, which is good. Um, and <laughs> that is a good I'm, thing. That's a net positive. There. That is a good thing. That, <laughs> that is a good thing. Um, but I think what I'm really interested in doing is like, you know, I'm all, I'm almost playing a quantity, not over quality. That's not what I'm trying to say. I just I'm interested in in having an author page on Amazon that's got ten to twelve books. Like I want to be able to get my thoughts and my views on different things out there. And whenever, whenever the one thing hits, you know how this works. Like sometimes you just gotta write. I mean, you told me about this Brandon Sanderson. Like how many times did he write a book before any even publisher picked him up or whatever? Yeah, I think it was ten like, books. Just, yeah. See, you, you see, you have some people who are like they go like they do the first one, and and it's a combination of knowing the right people, doing the right things, and frankly, either a little bit of either luck or. Yeah. sovereign you know jesus juice or whatever you want to call it but like that some combination of those things happens when you have like oh the, this person like launched their first book ever and some super magic happened with it for a lot of people it doesn't tend to work that way yet what does what i do see happen is a person will faithfully do what they're good at and continue getting better at their craft and then eventually something happens where something takes off and then that whole body of work that they built, then people experience it, right? Yeah. And so I, I can see a day where, I don't know, maybe I've written 12 books or 11 books or 20 books. I don't know what it is. Um, based just on things that I'm really interested in and that I have opinions to share. And then maybe whatever book, you know, really gets out there. Maybe it's book 13. I don't know. And then everybody you know, goes back and, and sees, oh, well, he's got 12 other books. I want to see what he has to say there. And then it'll kind of pick up like that. So that's that's more what I'm banking on than just writing some great book. Um, who knows? This could be it, you know, devotional productivity. This one might be the one that strikes a chord with people. And then they say, oh, well, he's got this book about why the Bible 
you know, why I've made the Bible boring and how to unbore yeah. the Bible. So maybe I'll go grab that one. And, you know, here's this one about why Christianity's true. Maybe I'll go check that one out. So that's kind of the way I'm approaching it. What I had to kind of think through is if I knew that my books would never be popular, um, would I still, would I still write? Like, like if, if really yeah. I could tell myself, Hey, listen, like, it doesn't matter what you write, how often you write. Um, you're just, it's never going to give you that money where you can either work from home or like, you know, makes really something out of it. Would you still write? And so I think that's, uh, if, if you're looking at anything as a, a hobby type thing like that, that you want something more out of, um, think about how much you actually love it, you know? Um, yeah. And so that's a, that's a good kind of place to get to. Um, anyway, I agree. um, so just kind so, of switching gears a little bit more on the, uh, funner side, even though all that stuff is, is fun. Um, yeah. I'm almost done with my, I don't know how many times I've read through Lord of the Rings, but I'm almost done with my other read through <laughs> and it, it's been a while since the last time I read it. And I just, I had forgotten. Um, so the Peter Jackson films, um, um, do it an awesome job. And they stick a lot to the lore and keep it true. Um, at the same time, though, um, I just I have forgotten how much stuff that they change that after reading The Lord of the Rings kind of like irritates me. Um, there's some small stuff like I know that there's some things you have to cut out or add for film. And you know, we had a whole episode on adaptions. Totally fine with all that. And but there's just like um three instances all character related having to do with aragorn boromir and am um yeah um amir it i'm like really really blanking right now anyway um and so in the books though um they um just the characters are, are just changed drastically of, of what peter jackson did like um in the books um aragorn is pretty much like set right from the get-go that hey listen like like I'm going to be king of Gondor. Like I'm going to be king of, you know, all of middle earth for essentially at the end mm-hmm. of this. And like, you know, that's, that's my place and I am ready to take it. Whereas in the movies, he's like very resistant of it and wants to fight against it. And mm-hmm. just something like that just really changes. I just think it just changes so much about the character that you see and how they're developed. And the same thing with Faramir and Aramir, uh, how they just, um, yeah, it, it just, they get the axe on a lot of stuff in the movie. And so on some of those changes, I'm just simply just like not okay with, there's nothing I can do about it, but it's yeah. just weird how we, you and I talked before on, there are certain things that you need to give up with adaptions. Um, but some yeah. things that you don't have to give up or change, but for some reason, the movie, the movies still do. And it's just kind of bothersome. I still yeah. love the movies. They're great, but I just can't help but like notice those, those faults in them. <laughs> yeah. I hear that. It's, um, I don't know. It's, that's definitely a problem unique to both stories that are told via different mediums but then also diehards who consume those stories on the different mediums. You know, for it's like for me, as of right now, I don't really have too much trouble with those things. But I know for you, you know, they're a pretty big, um, a pretty big concern. So I don't know. It's it's hard to know. Like you almost have to just look at each thing for what it is and appreciate it. 
that's kind of how I do. When I watch Lord know? of the Rings, I really do. Uh, again, I'm not trying to like say that they're bad movies or like are not you know respectful to the source material. I entirely do think that they are. Great care went into it. Peter Jackson's a you know a big Lord of the Rings fan, and it shows. I just when I watch them now, I do kind of have to watch them as a standalone thing, separate from the book. Um, yeah, and, and they're great movies. I do love them still. It's just kind of funny stuff to, on what they just did decide to change. But um, you know, hearing hearing the um, from the horse's mouth, the obvious love and passion that the showrunners for the Rings of Power had for Tolkien's. Uh, Tolkien's work, and yet, you know, a lot of the complaints that many people had with it, yeah. you know, it is that is just something I think that has to be dealt with, right? It's just yeah. going to be a couple different worlds. Uh, on that note, you'll have to explain a little bit about this because I'm sure you've looked into it more than me. But did I am I seeing this right? Did I see something about a deal for new TV shows and movies and stuff? Is that legit? I don't know about TV shows. Um, I know that for movies, WB said that they have like a few in development or that more Lord of the Rings movies are coming your way. And a lot of people are upset about that. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I'm okay with it. I'm actually excited for it. Like if, if a good adaption of tokens work can be made, I'm all for it. Like, I don't think there's, I don't think you can oversaturate with good material. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like if yeah. you can consistently make good material, then keep it coming. I if I honestly would like people don't like to hear this because the Lord of the Rings movies Lord of the Rings movies were so good, but I think it would be really cool and putting Rings of Power to the side, a Lord of the Rings TV show where it's literally the Fellowship of the Ring, the Two Towers, and the Return of the King. But because there's so much stuff that skipped over. The oh book. yeah like, there's like tons of stuff that happens like in the shire like it's called there's a chapter in the end of the third book called the skyring of the shire like in the movies I, i'm not spoiling anything too huge for you here steve but in the movies okay. they come back to the shire and everyone's like like what's going on like you know like yeah. uh, like they don't even know anything's going on out there but in reality like the shire went through like some battles and some war and saw some stuff so i think that wow. they could like really have a, a lord of the rings tv series and have enough characters and show enough of you know outside of just the fellowship of the ring and frodo and that to make a good like i don't know maybe like three season show out of it or something i would love wow. to see something like that but then there's so many other things that they could do um I don't know if it'd be worth doing or exploring or if they have rights to it, but something in the fourth age would be really cool too. Um, there's a mm -hmm. lot of untouched material there right after the events of Lord of the Rings. But anyway, just uh, I, I'm excited for it. So we'll just have to see what happens. Yeah. Well, you know, I, you know, to me, and this I think is a cool topic. I wrote it down. So we need to add this to our master list. Um, what I wrote down was this. Can stories evolve? And if so, how? Um because so what's an example of that so um token from what i understand was inconsistent himself mm -hmm. on say the backstory of galadriel right so even he like as time went on seemed to have a different idea about the character in published writing than he did early on and so like I just wonder about this sort of I don't know if there's a if there's a property of storytelling that is the evolution of the story for new modern audiences not in a 
again, I think is you know the the real question is right: is there a way to make it faithful to the beliefs and intent of the original um, without necessarily you know always copying? the original or like always staying faithful to it. Like it's almost like determining the boundaries, what can change, what should never change, you know, but it does seem like, um, you know, some stories need to evolve over time just to be able to create new, you know, new stories in the worlds. And I don't know. It seems like there's always a story to tell. Um, that's good. We will have to do, I have a ton of thoughts on that. So we'll save it for another episode. We'll shelve it. Cool. Um, a lot of thoughts, not just as it relates to Lord of the Rings, which there's a lot, but um, like the prestige, the movie. Um, yeah. The, the movie actually made a really important change from the book that that makes it work a lot better. Interesting. Uh, a couple other examples I can think of, too, where the movie um, just does a better job when we're the authors. Um, there's one movie called The Mist where that happens. And Stephen King said, well, I wish I would have thought to put that ending in my book. Like that is so much better than what I read. Oh, wow. Um, cool. So just so, yeah, yeah cool. we'll have a podcast about that. But then the last thing, and this is the last thing I, I have, um, um, Steve, is that so after I'm finished reading this, I'm going back to my favorite series that's in tandem with Lord of the Rings, even though Lord of the Rings is probably slightly higher. And that's the Chronicles of Thomas Coven. So that's a I thought you were going to say that. Yeah, it's three different series, but it's a it's so but it's 10 books and split into three different series. And I'm uh, wow, I'm just so excited to get back into that. Do I need to put that on my list? Do I need to own that? Or is it like a nostalgic thing? Is it good for you just because it's nostalgic or is it objectively good? And I need to read it. It is definitely not objectively good. Um, <laughs> okay. But, yeah. but it's, it is mostly though it is due to two things. It is mostly due. The first thing is that the main character, you either like him or you hate him. Um, he's, I guess you could say he's kind of an anti-hero, but I don't think that describes him too much um, exactly accurately. Mm -hmm. Um, He basically represents kind of the worst of, of like people. But what I really like about it is that um, um, Donaldson doesn't make him a hero. He puts him in a spot where um, the main character, um, Thomas Covenant thinks that like, it's not real. Like basically he's in a dream. And mm-hmm. he's kind of has like a little bit like a depraved mind. And so he's just like, well, I'm just going to like, like act how I want and behave how I want. So he does a lot of like bad stuff. And so it's hard to pity him and it's hard to see him as a hero, but people like, mm-hmm. but he's, he is kind of like the savior in the book. And so, um, but um, people, so either you like him or you hate him. So that splits people. And then also um, he uh, Donaldson adds a lot of fluff to his writing, which um, he, which I enjoy. I just like it because maybe because I grew up, that's the nostalgic part, I think, where I enjoy his lavish descriptions of things and his extreme gotcha. attention to details. Sometimes the story stalls for the sake of him just kind of going on about, you know, the surroundings and, and all that. I like it. Other people don't. And I would recommend like people writing now to take on that form. Um, yeah. But, but that's just something I personally like. Um, so anyway, that's kind of my two cents about that. <laughs> cool um um take us home looking at it here book one is 3.99 on kindle so i'm almost thinking will i find would i find out in the reading of book one whether or not i liked the guy and would want to continue with the books you will find out within the first one to three chapters 100 percent you don't even gotcha. have to read the first book and be like, oh, okay, this is what I get. Within the first one to three chapters, you'll say, okay, not for me or yes for me. 
Well, you get the three chapters free for on the sample on Kindle. Perfect. So I I could Perfect. just read the sample for free and decide. It's uh so. again, it's like it's like my favorite book and Lord of the Rings is my favorite book. They're two totally different things and they're both my favorite. A, a cool, cool, interesting thing. Um, Thomas Covenant in the book, the main character, he's a he's a leper. And um, <clears throat> this book was written in like the 70s. So leprosy was a little bit more common back then, not necessarily in the United States. But Donaldson, I believe he lived overseas. His parents were missionaries and his dad was a doctor. Yeah. And like worked on like people like who had leprosy. So Donaldson knew a lot about it. And so he made his character a leper. And so, wow. So the book has a lot of themes about that. And when he goes to like the land where he thinks it's a dream, his leprosy gets healed. And it's just, it's just really kind of cool, cool things. But cool. anyway, well, no, that's, that's the, that's a good tie in because that's kind of the direction I wanted to go. Um, the thing leprosy. that I kind of wanted, wanted to end with here is um, I'm kind of in a nonfiction lull at the moment um, just because I was in a pretty hardcore season of like, a, like a lot of nonfiction reading like for the past, I would mm. say a month and a half, I have been like laying it down. And what, what'll, what'll tend to happen is I'll come across this. Ha this has happened a couple times in a row now where like a few of the books that I've read are so impactful and so good that like, I almost, my brain doesn't want to make room and I could just feel this. Mm. doesn't want to make room for anything new like yep. I, i'm like oh yes i could just pick up the next book and start learning about whatever nugget from that book but like once i start to pile up things like i probably got three to five like significant things from the last few books that i've read that need to like be thought about more and yeah. acted on and all of that i'll i'll tend to go through times where i stop the nonfiction consumption for a little bit and um and so and usually that pairs up in tandem which is also a good thing of doing some things that are a little bit more mindless you know because i i do realize the importance of you know allowing your brain to spend some time doing nothing and just doing the subconscious work of creating connections that sometimes get surfaced to the conscious but you can't really do that if you don't give it the space to do that and a lot of times the space to do that comes from engaging in stories in fiction. Yeah. So I am sort of heading into another season of fiction consumption. I've got Kindle Unlimited now, which I should have had for a very long time. Um, and I don't know why I resisted. There's a lot of free stuff with that. It's not just a little there bit. There is. is a lot. There is. And there's a lot of good nonfiction even mm -hmm. on there. Yeah. And... And from what I'm seeing, oh, quite nice. a bit of good fiction. Yep. Um, and so I am, I've downloaded a couple books uh, that I'm slated to read on there. Um, and I also started uh, rewatch, not rewatching, but I, I picked up again with watching The Mandalorian mm. on Disney Plus, finished season two, and now have started uh, Boba Fett also on Disney plus. And then after that, I'm going to move into season three of the Mandalorian and then, um, Andor. So I'm kind of on the star Wars, you know, Disney plus sort of kick. Um, and, uh, yeah, just really trying to get back into, into the fiction, uh, side of things a little bit, 
um, nice. to cl clear my head. So I'm really excited about oh, that. And uh, that's all, it always makes for even better conversations, you know, here too, because, um, you know, we like to talk about fiction stuff on this podcast. So I feel um, like this, this is a uh, kind of a first stepping stone. I, I feel like if you and I could somehow think of like the perfect mingling of a project where you and I could somehow like write something together, it would be like, if, oh, we could, if we could somehow find that synergy because your mind works so differently than mine and, and same over here, or at least like how our focus. And if we could, could somehow like mold that together. Yeah. Be a, uh... So dude, perfect example. So the genre exists, right? It's called, uh, um, um, typically a business parable, right? Where you're teaching a real principle like the point is you're teaching a principle but you're teaching it through fiction work through a fiction story and there's this there's this writing team i'll call them bob, uh, bob berg and john david mann so bob berg is more of like the idea guy and john david mann is more of the story guy and they've got a, a great sense. series of books called the go-giver series um and some others and they're fantastic books but yeah it's sort of like the perfect blending of a of fiction teaching told through a nonfiction story and it's really cool i think it would be or excuse me uh, non-fiction teach it's yeah. really late non-fiction teaching told through a fiction story and so that might be really cool to, to do sometime well, maybe together. one day we'll be sitting in our meat tavern and uh working on something i promise you that's that's there's no maybe about that that exact thing that scenario is happening For those of you we who don't know we, in we our meat tavern and write one day. We don't know together. when it's going to be. We don't know if it's going to be in five years or 20 years, but one day Steve and I are going to open up a meat tavern and it's going to serve a plethora of meats. And there might be some other stuff on the menu, but it's mostly going to be meat. Bro, listen, I think you just nailed it, right? I mean, we, I know we talked about some really nerdy stuff, but legit, if you were, if you were trying to make it like a little bit more like legit, like a nice place or whatever, the meat tavern is actually kind of a sweet name. I wonder if that's Absolutely. a thing. I'm sure it is out there somewhere, but we'll make it the better. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I don't know. I don't know. It might not be. I, I bet you I can go buy the meat tavern.com right now and get that. Joke. <laughs> anyway. How many websites? Do you have? Uh, 30? Uh, oh my gosh. 30. That's uh, bro. Hold my beer. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's boy. a lot worse than that. So um, anyway, you know, that's available. The meat tavern.com is an available domain name. Let's Doing see. It. Just meat meat tavern. MeetTavern.com is an available domain name. I don't know. That kind of sounds like it's it. So anyway, <laughs> cool. All right, Steve. All right, Thank my friend. Thank you again for another great time. Absolutely. Thank you again for another great time. I'm about to be having a little better time, even laying down and closing my eyes and go to sleep here in just a few minutes. So pretty pumped about that. <laughs> sounds but, great. Uh, <laughs> and I'll right, see man. you tomorrow. Yes, I'm so pumped. Yeah, looking forward to it. It's going to be legit. All right, man. Uh, Have a good night, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone. Peace. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate y'all.